it's more about intention. I think people need to have the intention and the openness to give it a shot. So if we are talking to somebody, you know, obviously it changes. If you're talking to somebody that doesn't do anything creative at the moment, is different than if you talk to a creative creative person that is currently, let's say, in a rut. So if it's somebody that has never done anything, I try to convince them, like, you know, creativity is not you need to be Michelangelo tomorrow. Is you know, pick pick a craft. Craft is the gateway drug to to a lot of creativity because I mean nowadays there's so many so much access to beautiful things that can inspire you. But for me, the the ultimate way to get inspired. If I'm starting a project and I need creativity, I need I need input and I need inspiration, the way I start is with a list. Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. sunny windowsill although it is not very sunny here in the Puget Sound it's rather a blustery fall so I hope wherever you are you are enjoying yourself and you are cozy I have the opportunity to talk to my lovely friend Anna Bianchi today and I'm so looking forward to that Anna and I always have really interesting conversations and those conversations have led to some really exciting Um, plans that we have in store for you, which we definitely touch on today. But also, it's a really great conversation about creativity and what gets our creativity flowing and what does it mean to be like a regular person but think creatively or feel like you can't be creative when you want to be, kind of all of that mashed up together. That might, might, might not make a whole lot of sense, but if you listen, it will, I promise. A little bit more about Anna. Anna loves color. That is actually the name of her website. Anna loves color. She is a designer, an artist, an illustrator, a children's book author, and a maker of all kinds of things. She used to try to keep each of her creative worlds neatly separated, but not anymore. No matter what she's making, color is what always connects it all. She's been drawing, painting, and making colorful things her whole life. 
If she could, she would cover everything with art. And if you know a little bit about Anna, she has covered some very large things with her art. Things that fly in the sky, even. If you'd like to know a little bit more about Anna's story, I recommend you go back in the archives and check out episode 37, which we cover all sorts of Anna's path. We do a bit more here as well. She has also created a wonderful clothing line for kids, Paper Girl Clothing, and she makes all sorts of beautiful things for the home. She does branding and graphic design for clients, big and small. Anna sees each project as an art-making opportunity and an opportunity also to make something really special. Anna originally is from Mexico, and after many years in New York, she currently lives in the Bay Area. She finally has a garden, and she uses it as a natural color lab. It absolutely informs her work, and she's done some amazing projects that hail from this beautiful garden. Anna and I, again, as we cover, and you'll hear, have known each other for a while, and we decided a year ago or so, or sometime this year, to set out on a really exciting adventure of teaching a workshop together. So we share that information and that exciting news here on this podcast while we talk about creativity and why we chose to do it the way we have. It's called From Line to Color, Building Blocks for Art Making and Art Loving. Anyway, we get into that and we're very excited about it and and we see things eye to eye, but I also learn from Anna every day and I hope you will as well. Here's Anna. Hello, Anna. I am so glad to have you here chatting with me today. Hi, Margot. Happy to be here again. I know. You know, it's 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 really great because Anna and my paths cross often, but we don't always have a chance to sit down and catch up on what we think is important in our worlds and in this creative life we're leading. And so I'm really glad to have that opportunity. Plus, as you heard in the introduction, we have a few juicy tidbits for you today, some things to share. So I do want to go back and kind of rewind a little bit for those who might have not listened to our first chat. And I'd love people to know a little bit more about you and and your passions and why they are so. So what are some of the things that really kind of cemented your creative passion or your passion for creativity, I should say? I mean, I was a creative kid from the get-go. Like I was incredibly fascinated when, so I, you know, like as a kid, I was always asking uh, in Christmas time, I didn't want toys, I want painting classes. Mm-hmm. And um, and when I finally got them, when I was around, I don't know, like four or five years old, um, I was lucky enough to take classes with a printmaker. So, mm-hmm. you know, in the kitty class, I discovered the magic of mixing colors. And for me, it was like alchemy. It was like a whole universe opened up when I figured out I could mix colors. And the funny thing is those little color experiments that I did when I was five, I still have them hanging here in my studio. Amazing. Because it just reminds me of, you know, I'm this person since I was that little. Yeah. And the other thing that that teacher opened up for me was, you know, I ended up staying beyond the kitty class and work on printmaking with her. So she opened up also the whole universe of, you know, there is higher art, there's technique, there's an approach to method, there's an approach to storytelling in art beyond, you know, kids putting paint like crazy on paper. 
So that was that was really like the the beginning of it all. I had it very clear. I always wanted to be an artist. And um, so I was the artistic kid. You know, I love to go to museums. I love to draw. I love to do anything that had to do with art materials. Every Christmas, every birthday, I would get art materials as a gift. So yeah, I was that kid. I love that so much. And remind me if others in your family could be an example for that of that to you. So... My family was always interested in art, but they were coming from different points of view. My grandfather was an art collector and he also published art books. Um, That was not his main gig. His main gig, he had a glass factory. Hmm. And um, was that the Spanish grandpa or the in Mexico? No, this is all in Mexico. This is all on my maternal side. Okay. And uh, my mom was into art, but she was more on the art history side mm-hmm. of things mm-hmm. um and aunt had a stained glass workshop so that was more like derived from the glass thing that my grandfather did so there was a, a, an art interest but i was really the only quote-unquote real artist in the mm-hmm. family but that explains too because i i'm always fascinated to hear you talk because you have such a knowledge of art history and of you know classic line and how to go about achieving certain things. And and I, I feel like I just always learn something when I listen to you because I feel like you, and it makes sense that that's some of the influence that you had, because instead of just, oh, I'm going to mix this color and, and do it a certain way, you, you have layered on that some classic training too, which then you went on and, and added to for yourself. Yeah, of course. I mean, I was, I just find it interesting. I'm not so much a history buff. Like I have big gaps in my history timeline, but I've always been fascinated uh, by men making, men and women making art, like mankind making art. Like mm. I love cave paintings. I love, you know, just the idea of, of Egyptians coming up with hieroglyphics. And, and that has always fascinated me. Like, you know, like in school, when I had to write a paper about the Greeks, I would always look at the art and I will always illustrate my own, you know, like school papers and I things like that. that. And we both have kiddos. And I think it's really interesting kind of watch, they're both creative and watching, having certen projects along the way at the age they are and and having that opportunity to do it from a creative point of view. And I think about my growing up and I'm not sure we were as encouraged in school if we had an assignment say about the Greeks or we're looking at learning Egyptian history, if, if it was so much about the art. So I, I love tying those together and it, it just becomes more fascinating, not less. So I think, what are some of the ways you like to, to get those creative juices flowing and kind of tap into some of that knowledge? I mean, in my career, like I've always had like a double path in my career, like, I mean, I studied graphic design and I've done branding and graphic design and package design for like 30 years. And, you know, even those kind of things, you always have to come up with the story behind the, the art and the graphics you are creating. And that research, a lot of times I think it in, in our history, but also in, in bits and pieces that are not history per se, but visual stuff. So you know, I'll do something that is visually inspired by Art Nouveau for something that is, I don't know, something baked goods or, 
you know, or I'll go, yeah, I, I once designed the label and created a character for the label of a tequila bottle. And it was a combination of a lot of Aztec mm. uh, visuals with um, a, a childhood rhyme that I grew up playing. Oh, I love so that. That's what the tequila bottle ended up being. But then in my other life, the life of the artist, you know, there's always like sometimes more commercial towards illustration, but a lot of fine art in, in my life. Like, I've, you know, I, there's two things I really like to tackle. One is that technique shouldn't be an impediment mm. to tell a story. So in my process, I have learned lots of techniques. So I'm a printmaker. I do ceramics. I paint with oils. I paint with watercolor. I paint with wash. I do embroidery. I mean, you name it. Mm. Really, like the only technique I do not like is acrylic. Mm, interesting. But apart from acrylic, I, I, you know, just give me pencils, give me whatever, and 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 for me, those are just the means to tell a story. Yeah, whether I think. Go ahead. Yeah, whether it's for illustration, like for a client or for some specific application, or if it's in my personal art. Right. So, I think I think that's a really interesting point because a lot of us listening, myself included, are don't I certainly don't want to limit myself to the materials and the mediums that I use. I like learning about other ones. And they all feel like a way to to get our voice out there and and to to play in different ways. Why don't you like acrylic? I'm curious. I don't know. It just doesn't flow like oil paint yeah. or watercolor. It dries too quick. So I cannot like mutate it. And and I think the colors, you know, I don't know. There's something too chemical, but not in a nice yeah. way. Like I like acrylic wash, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the acrylic and me have not made friends just yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, knowing you, know, you're like, going to keep keep fiddling around with it. I love that. But, you know, like one of my biggest art heroes is Picasso. And of course, Picasso is one of those ones that work in all kinds of media and all kinds of techniques and all kinds of things. And I don't know if he, this is actually a quote or it's just more of a concept that he talked about when talking about his art is that, is that, that the technique is the technique is not the art, is not the art piece. It's just the vehicle, mm. and the more vehicle options you have to create your art, the easier it will happen because there's there's ideas and there's concepts that need to be expressed with a pencil and paper, and mm. there's ideas and concepts that are a ceramic piece. There's ideas and concepts that require a big painting. I love that so much. I feel like. I feel like sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to do that. Uh, you know, oh, she's a ceramicist, so why is she painting? Well, why wouldn't that all go hand in hand? I feel like it's expression. Completely. And I've struggled, you know, I've struggled with with that because, you know, I, I'm from Mexico. In Mexico, it's very common that you do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Even from university, from, you know, if you work you're in workshops or everything, you learn a lot of things, a lot of techniques, and you are good at doing many things. Um, like, a, a, But then, you know, formation, especially in the US, is very much more siloed. So yeah. when I started being in contact with, you know, a professional life in the US, 
I did struggle a lot with, well, am I an illustrator? Am I a children book illustrator? Do I need to choose and just be a graphic designer? And, you know, I did struggle for a while. Now, when I'm of a certain age, I said, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to do everything that brings me joy. And I think Perfect. that's one of the things that, uh, you know, as a creative, I do find when I'm making I, uh, this, you know, state of bliss, state of concentration, state of focus when when I'm really able to pour out the juices. And I'm working on a lot of different things at the same time. Yeah. And some are more personal work that don't necessarily produce, you know, revenue. And some things are more like paid jobs. But the reality is that it's all creativity that comes from the same place, which is, you know, oneself. Right, so, right. Um, I, I have a big beef with people trying to silo people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think you, you should be all that you can be. I do too. And I, I think, I don't know if it's, it's American or, or if it's human, that kind of the way we do tend to do that to ourselves. Well, people know me this way, or I need to pick one thing. And I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think what's interesting you. Mm -hmm. I think Um, a little bit is the, the, the curse of the elevator speech. (laughs) Yeah, true. Good point. It's like you have to really quickly say, oh, I'm a children book illustrator. Okay. That I can process. If right. you need to tell me a big story of, well, I do all these kinds of creative <laughs> things, then, you know, the elevator ride will be over. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. You know, I was thinking about our our earlier conversation that we had earlier in the podcasting journey and you wrote something or, and said something that I say wrote because I have, in case you're listening and don't know, I, I like to kind of ask people a couple of questions before we get on and record. So this is something from that. Anna, you said that you really don't like it when people say I'm not creative or I have no talent. And oh my gosh, this is one of my kind of soapbox things too, because I do think everyone, everyone's creative. It's creative how you choose to, you know, what clothes you choose to wear in the morning. And what do you think about about that, about how to spark creativity, maintain a creative mindset, admit that potentially you are a creative when you don't feel like you, you really are, or even if you know you have a creative lifestyle and and you're stuck, how to push beyond that. So I'm just, again, I'm going to circle back because I asked 20 things at once, but when people say I'm not creative or I have no talent, what, how does that play out? Do you think? I mean, I think that it's it's more about intention. I think people need to have the intention and the openness to give it a shot. So if we are talking to somebody, you know, obviously it changes if you're talking to somebody that doesn't do anything creative at the moment. It's different than if you talk to a creative, creative person that is currently, let's say, in a rut. Right. So if it's somebody that has never done anything, is it's sort of like they, they, I try to convince them like, you know, creativity is not, you need to be Michelangelo tomorrow. Right. Is, you know, pick, pick a craft. Craft is the gateway drug to, to a lot of creativity because, you know, even if, whether you are knitting or you are embroidering or you are just merely looking at pretty things that inspire you. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, and I mean, I think that for anybody like, creative, non-creative, creatively curious, or a lawyer, 
<laughs> I yeah. I think I think that if you start, I mean, nowadays there's so many, so much access to beautiful things that can inspire you. But for me, the the ultimate way to get inspired, I'm, I have to say, I'm never bored, and I'm rarely uninspired, mm-hmm. and and that's that's a big blessing in my life. But it's also a lifestyle that I've cultivated. Yes. But you know, if if I'm starting a project and I need creativity, I need I need input and I need inspiration. The way I start is with a list, mm. because once I start writing things in a list, one idea goes to the next one. And I'm not the journaling type either. Mm-hmm. But you know, if if I if I am observing nature and I see colors, I make a note on colors, even if it's a mental note. Sometimes I write it, sometimes it's in my mind, and then then that will spark the next thing. Yeah. Or if I, I'm, I go to a museum and I start taking photos with my phone and I start seeing, you know, I used to take kids to a museum, you know, like preschool kids to a museum and we would do like a, a an animal treasure hunt in the Met Museum in New York. Hmm. So we were going through the museum and, you know, a lot of people feel very alienated by museums, but if you just go and put pick a subject, like with these kids, we would find the animals in the painting. So we would go through random rooms. It could be a Roman room. It could be the Japanese room. It could be like, you know, medieval paintings. And we were just hunting for the little animals. And that was a good way to connect with art that was good for preschoolers. And they would be engaged because then we would have our collection of animals that came from these paintings that we just observed. Yeah. I mean, as a grown-up, you can just go out there and find, you know, go to a museum or or go through Pinterest and find, you yeah. know, things with flowers or just type Japanese print, like a random thing and, yeah. and look at it. And there's, there's, there's so much beauty out there in art history, in museums, in crafters, which I call the anonymous artists of the world, mm-hmm. that that can just take off because anything can be interesting if you start going deeper and deeper and deeper. So it's just a matter of that first step and that openness. I love that. It's, it's just realizing that creativity can be even noticing things and how you appreciate that. You said lawyer. And I, I was thinking before you said it, I was in a um, meeting. I volunteer for a, a creative group here and there was a lawyer at this meeting on this weekend and she was saying, oh, I'm not creative, but, you know, she's like, I was singing in the car on the way here. And I, you know, my husband plays in the band at our church and <clears throat> excuse me, I, you know, and she happens to be, she was there because it's a creative entity and she's the person we talk to when we need to. So she's a lawyer for a create for creative organizations. So I just found it just another example that I was thinking of is see how she she says, oh, I'm not creative, but, you She's know, oh, gosh, I just thought it was so interesting is that it doesn't mean you have to pick up a paintbrush every day, but how do you recognize it in your life and how do you want to be surrounded by it and, and in what way? And I think you have to, you know, somebody in that stage, they are itching. So all they need to do is start scratching. <laughs> I I didn't ask her yet, but I was like, oh, I so want to talk to her on the podcast because I was like, oh, let's get into that a little bit more. You know, one of the other things you said earlier 
in that quote when from the last uh, time we talked was, I'm thinking about starting a workshop in a beautiful location, maybe in 2022, about how to spark creativity and maintain a creative mindset and, you know, beyond art making. And I'd love to talk about that a little bit more because you put that intention, you wrote it down, you put that intention out into the world and you said it. So, um, How's that and you dug it out because of this part. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so throughout my creative life, you know, the past whatever decades, I've had the chance to to learn from really amazing teachers, and and I keep notes and I keep keep uh, track of what I learned from certain teacher, and and those things really had an impact in my life. So for the longest time, and I did, I, I taught uh, design students and art students in Mexico and in Italy throughout my 20s. So I, I loved teaching because I think that I can, I, I have a talent to spark that in people. Like, you know, trust me, you know, relax and I'll make you creative or trust me, relax and I'll make your line more fluid. So you know, for a while I have been, you know, munching on the idea of how can I put together, because I benefit benefited so much from, you know, retreats or workshops or being somewhere for two weeks, making art kind of situation. That's what I wanted to, to start thinking of putting together. Right. So, when you really can immerse yourself in the process. Exactly. Because you take people out of their context, out of their noise. You put right. them in an inspiring place and then then you work with them. And then all these people that are feeling tight will loosen up. And all these conversations that are going to be, that can happen around a table in the context of making art will benefit everybody. And I think those in, those experiences and can, can really change an artist regardless of the stage that artist is at. So... Um, a few months ago, because I had this idea in my head, I had a lovely conversation with you and you were like, yeah, let's do this together. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So what you're hearing is that Anna and I are having a retreat, hosting a retreat at the most beautiful place. So tell a little bit about how we came upon the place, because of course, this is all, it's all about connections as well. Of course. So Years ago in New York, I had a, a boss at a branding agency. He was the expert in innovation. Uh, this guy is a wonderful, fabulous, super sophisticated uh, Lebanese guy that grew up in Paris and ended up in New York via Toronto. So, you know, he's just like a very cosmopolitan dude. Mm. And um, we worked on a few innovation projects together in New York. But mostly we connected a lot. And actually, my my whole brand name, Anna Love Scholar, actually comes from an assignment that he gave me all those years back. Oh, that's cool. He asked people in the agency to create a presentation about themselves that was about their passion. So I created a presentation about my passion, and it was titled Anna Love Scholar. Uh. So when it came time to name my, my website and my Instagram, 
I went back to that analog scholar because it really tied up all the different things that I make. I love that. But anyhow, he was the one that commissioned that. And we always connected. And, you know, years passed. He moved on to to found, to create his own agency. Uh, and then the as the cosmopolitan sophisticated dude he is, and his husband is an artist, they started buying properties to renovate them with, like, delightful taste because that's what they have and so when I thought about doing a retreat the first thing I thought is oh Ronnie's house in Provence but then it turned out that Ronnie's house in Provence was a sort of on the small side it was just for eight people Mm. but then he told me about his the new property that he finished renovating and it's perfect because it's in Côte d'Iron, so it's surrounded by all the wineries. You know, these are like centuries-old wineries, and it's just the landscape is beautiful and a bit more rugged than than in Provence. The house is um, is a 12th-century chateau that they've been renovating, and now it's it's just super pretty. So it's not a castle as in Cinderella. Right, it's a chateau in the 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 French sense of in that in, in that sense of being old and mm-hmm. um and kind of r- not rambling like we think about it, but just purposeful for what the needs were. Like there's a horse, the horse barn is now a studio, and it just. I cannot wait to spend time there. So anyway, I interrupted you. Keep talking yeah, no, 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 about no. it. And it's, you know, it's a gorgeous place. It's very conductive to art. It's very conductive to being isolated, but not far from other things. So so there's there's an orchard with cherries. There's beautiful gardens. So the place is really pretty. And then the house has been decorated with all these historic pieces and antiques and art. So that also helps you know, bring on a lot of inspiration. And so we thought that that's the perfect place to do this this retreat mm-hmm. because we can be there, we can concentrate, but then there's also options for nice uh, field trips that um, we are organizing. The first one, which I think it ties in nicely with the story of, you know, this whole thing of our history as a source of inspiration is incidentally to, to see some cave paintings. Mm-hmm. And I think there's nothing more powerful to get creative juices going than to see, you know, art that was produced millennia ago and mm-hmm. that you can see that there were some people in that cave that had that thing of expressing and representing with pigment on a wall. So that's that's the launch pad for the for the workshop. Mm-hmm. And and I think that 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 will just open that will put everybody in in a very particular mindset. Another thing I know you've heard if you've been listening is the exciting workshop Anna is teaching this month with me for windowsill workshops. It's all about illustrated cookies. So grab all your friends and your family and join us on Saturday the nineteenth, or grab the recording at www.tantowstudio. Dot com backslash window show workshops and you can learn all about stretching your imagination and creativity and making something fun and delightful that you can give as gifts or enjoy yourself and everyone will enjoy it i really hope to see you there 
November 19th or the recording whenever you get around to it. If you would like more information on the workshop that Anna and I will be teaching, check out AnnaLovesColor.com or TantaStudio.com. The workshop is called From Line to Color, Building Blocks for Art Making, and I like to add an art loving. It's for everyone and it's going to be just an enormous treat. So if you could describe how you see or your how you kind of built this idea of the workshop and how you see it unfolding. What does that, because I love how excited you are about the plan for it. And to me, it seems really unique and very inclusive. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when, when, when you and I were talking about, okay, what would make this retreat a, a, a really interesting proposition and something that is not, you know, not the common thing that you see in retreats. Mm. I knew that I didn't want to teach a retreat where I would teach people to to draw like me. Right, right. Um, or paint like me. That was one thing I didn't want to do. The other thing I didn't want to do is to people for people to feel that they need to be already at a certain level to come. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if if somebody is not a beginner and really wants to, you know, sort of like refuel the tank the you know this is also open for people that actually are you know experienced artists absolutely because whatever we are going to do there is going to be helpful for anybody that comes at whatever level they are at and um to achieve this the way um we started thinking about the content was as building blocks and so the you know to make art there's there's design principles that apply to any kind of art whether it's design illustration fine arts crafting whatever and those are the building blocks that we are going to be uh, working with through the days so day number one after we do the paint paint uh, the cave paintings the first day that we are in the chateau properly working we'll be working with lime mm-hmm. um, so I've you know. I've been thinking back a lot about what were those exercises that really improved my line, that really made my line fluid and expressive. Mm. So those are some of the exercises along with which are the areas that I really admire for their line. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what we are going to be working on on the first day in the morning. Then in the afternoons, what we are going to be doing is some crafting with Margot. Yep. And, and in the context of crafting, we'll be having these sort of like round table conversations. Right. It'll be similar. Like I am one of those people that does work in many mediums and have had, you know, um, creative learnings my whole life, but uh, come, come to it from a different way. So for instance, I love working with wire and we'll have some, we'll have some opportunities for different things, but wire and what line looks like in wire or stitching embroidery threads or floss or laying those down. And are you laying those down or stitching? I should say, I mean, laying them down, like making a stitch on fabric or paper. And are you, are we working towards something? Are we working towards building something that's all representative of all these things? Are they just parts and pieces that we're practicing with Anna, it's it's with pencil or with whatever medium we're working with at that time. And then I'm going to take it to a maybe slightly more unexpected, but yet, oh my gosh, this makes perfect sense. This all ties together. So I, I think you could see that it's both, um, I don't know, serious 
comes to mind, but it won't be serious at all. It's like the exploration will be different. It will be like you can breathe differently through all of them. It's like I'm learning this from a historical and representative way and from Anna's hand and then from my ideas on how to translate that. But the main thing is how you are translating it or how, you know, the people that around us for this retreat. And again, it's something I've been lucky enough to have been on. Well, one retreat that was long like this, and it was just, it was a game. It was just one of the favorite things I've ever gifted myself because of the people that I was around all week and what we were able to learn from each other and the place where I was. And just, there's something that comes with that that is, it's immeasurable. So that we're only on day one. (laughs) Exactly. So you see like day one, it's all about lines. And as we are doing all about line and we are doing, I'm guiding you through the exercises. In reality, you are going through pencil, you're going through ink, you're going through wire, you're going through thread. So even though this is not a retreat about techniques, we are going to sort of pass through a lot of techniques and a lot of different materials in these building blocks. Um, For me, the next building block is shape and form. So that will be uh, on on day two. And and there's, again, there's a bunch of art making exercises in the morning, and then we are putting together the exercises in the afternoon uh, that may have to do with cutting and assembling or interlocking pieces uh, to create a a form. Um, The third day is about black and white, so light and shadow, and it's also about composition. So here is when we start gathering maybe stuff that we find, beautiful things from the house, and we start putting together how things change. Um, I mean, my one of my favorite artists who is going to be sort of like the, the, the king of day three is uh, Giorgio Morandi, who, I mean, he just did all these amazing still lives using white and beige and off-white, vases and cups you know just like everyday objects one of my favorite but his whole body of work whether it's printing or or painting is using these same objects and if you were to visit his studio which is visitable is that even a word mm, but anyhow so. you'll see all those vases and all those cups that uh, you may recognize from his painting so we'll be doing a little bit of that on, on day three and and that day actually we are doing um, something in the evening by candlelight that that it's a very very potent um, exercise. Therefore, mm. we'll do another little field trip and 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 start the module about color, which obviously is my favorite jam. And um, and again, we'll start with a little bit of quote unquote rigor, mm-hmm. a little bit of theory and a little bit of experimentation in the abstract and from there we'll we'll go through through a variety of of you know build up exercises in color using you know how to put together interesting color palettes how to combine brights with muted colors how to I mean this is really like my favorite jam of them all maybe Mm -hmm. along with line I love there's nothing for me like a like line but (laughs) With the colors, we'll end up 
you know, just taking it further and further and further. Um, there's a, throughout the week, there's a couple other things that are happening in the free time. So, you know, I'm gonna ask people to collect certain kinds of objects so that we can do something with that on the color days. Um, there's a homework that will give people, even before the, the, the workshop about collecting inspiration and creating a, a, a very particular list of artists that we are going to be working with towards the end. So there's there's this buildup that ha of things that happen before the retreat. There's the, the one week retreat. Um, there's going to be a very lovely closing mm -hmm. and a surprise for the closing in the last night. And then there's the homework to take away later. So 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 it's something that even though it happens very concentrated in one week, it has it expands to before the retreat and it expands beyond the retreat. And and I think um, this 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 will bring a lot of nuance and improvement to everybody's work. Mm -hmm. It will open up new ways of thinking about things. Um, I will have the chance to introduce you to to some of my favorite artists. Some very well known, but some are very well known, but not for the reason I'm going to share with you. Mm. So I, I think it's just like a very juicy syllabus, and um, and if all of this was not enough, <laughs> everybody is going to get. <laughs> I know it's like call call one eight hundred Margona. No, I'm kidding. Um, Something that we thought would be very important to do is, even though this during the exercises will be very much, you know, following each person, mm -hmm. we wanted to do something even more special for each one of the people attending, which is everybody gets one hour, one on one with me to talk about their art or their technique or whatever they need to 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 work on, and everybody gets one hour with Margot to ask Margot, you know, whatever you guys uh, end up needing to ask her. That's right. And not to mention we're, we're creating together. We're drinking coffee together. We're by the pool together. We're picking cherries together. I mean, I say that and, and, and it seems almost as I sit here in my rainy Seattle or Seattle, rainy Washington weather, it seems so far away, but it's, it's actually happening. And we've really put a lot of thought into this and, I just wanted to, I don't know, frame it in this way of kind of what is creativity and what does that look like? And if this is something that sounds interesting, but it's not approachable right now, this won't be the last either. Um, we're starting here. We'll just say that we're starting here. And that feels really exciting. And it is in June. It it runs from Okay, let me get the dates right, Anna. June 24th to July 1st, 2023. Right, June 24th to July 1st, and it's in Coderon. And there's lots of details about that on both Anna's website and my website, and we can answer any more questions if you're interested. But we are just really excited about bringing this kind of knowledge and practice together to a place that feels super inspiring and visiting things that, you know, I can't see on my day to day here where I live. And there's something about connecting with people in that way. Even if you, even if you just want to spend time kind of on your own, learning these things in this place, it, you can't help but kind of be 
just inspired by the place mm-hmm. you are and by those around you. So I'm super, super excited for this opportunity. And we're you're the first to know. We're announcing it here. And I forgot to mention something important. The food. Oh, yeah. It's magnificent. <laughs> it's magnificent. So the cook in the Chateau, who will be catering all of our meals in the Chateau, and those meals are included in, in, in the cost of the, the retreat. Um, the food is just amazing because the produce in the region is amazing. So there's like, you know, obviously Provencal style food and French food and Moroccan food. And, you know, just like the, the produce is incredible and the cheeses and the wine. And so, you know, just, just in case the art was not so great, at least you can <laughs> sit with, with a fabulous dinner. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't wait. And I can't, you know, Anna and I have only met in person. Is it one only once? Only once. Oh my gosh. It seems like it's been a hundred times, but it's really been only once. So the fact that I get to be in the same place with, with you for a week is going to be very fun and inspiring. I can't wait for that. That's going to, going to be lovely. So, and I love the fact that, that we'll be taking from this. Well, obviously you can't go to something like this and not take away. Right. So, but, but there are, there are ways, you know, we can continue to create this creative mindset for those of us who will maybe, you know, have a job that takes us away from our creative daily practice, but just ways to think about creativity differently. And I think that's one of the things I try and do all the time on the podcast is remind people that um, you're not alone in this. You know, there's, there's ways to be creative and be in community and, and not kind of be in your own little bubble all the time, unless of course you want to be. Yeah, and there's many ways of of going back to the original question. There are many ways to be creative. There are many ways to get going. I mean, you can create a whole body of work just with pencil and paper. Yeah. So that that is one way to 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 get started, just pencil and paper, and um, or you can you know just come and fill up your toolbox with all these different techniques and tricks and crafts and you know ways of making art. And you'll come just with a toolbox that every little copy in the toolbox is full. So now you can pick and choose whenever you want to create something. And, um, and you know, just just reconsider what inspires you and find new ways to, to keep your juices flowing and your inspiration growing because that's what it's all about. Mm. And yes. that's what really brings joy when, when you're making art. It really is. I, I can't wait to, to really be able to immerse ourselves. So you can, to sign up, there's only 15 spots. Mm -hmm. So you can sign up in my website, Anna Loves Color. And there's a little tab that says Retreat in France. And you can also sign up at Tanto Studios. Right. And it all, you know, it's all part, it's all accounted together. So when those 15 spots sell out, well, sell a (laughs) bit. That's how that works. I know. I'm very excited. So thanks for listening through to that. And I think for anyone, no matter if you can join us or not, um, just remember that there's a lot of creative opportunity in the everyday. And that's what we're here to remind each other of. And just to ride a little bit longer on the topic of Anna and creativity and being you know, accessible. We're also doing something else with you this month that I'm super excited about. Mm -hmm. And if you guys are on my email list, you've already heard about it. Um, 
but if you're not, jump on there. Anna, so every month on Windowsill Workshops, I host a creative Saturday few hours with someone that's been on Windowsill Chats with me. So we thought way back in January, we we're planning out the year. I have gotten the most incredible gifts from Anna. And these are handmade things, but I opened this box and it's just, I mean, last year I opened this box and it's the most magic. I mean, Christmas cookies are excited, sort of synonymous with, with good memories and tradition and things around the holidays. Hopefully they're good memories. Same for me. I've always, um, I have a wonderful mom and sister and we would get together and, and bake cookies and then paint on them, really get into it all year. But Anna's cookies and Florencia, her daughter, their cookies are like nothing I have ever even imagined. They are, I mean, I can't even describe how whimsical, wonderful, fantastical. And the thing is, we all start with the same surface. We're starting with a cookie. We're starting with plain dough. So Anna is coming this month to teach us her secrets. So tell us a little bit more about what you, what we have in store. So, um, you know, full disclosure, I am officially not a professional baker. It's all about the fun. It's all about the fun. And, um, but I just have fun, you know, like I got my, my first stand mixer when I had my daughter, because I figured out I'm going to bake cakes and bake Christmas cookies with her as she grows up. And every year we just like, you know, sort of like outdo ourselves. So it's still work in progress. And um, you keep playing every year. You probably think next year I want to do this. Yeah, but it's sort of like, you know, when we started, it feels like last year's cookies were wackier and crazier or cuter because it's not all cute and it's not all wacky. Right. There's a story to tell. Right. But, but, you know, we just like start creating these characters out of the cookies that then they end up forming families and then we make houses and I start putting the cookies on my kitchen island Uh, and I'm lucky to have an island that is sort of on the big side and when you see the whole table covered with cookies I mean speaking of a moment of joy that's always Uh amazing but you know it's all those days and believe me there's a trick to do this so that it doesn't consume like months Mm-hmm. Like we literally covered that table with cookies in five days. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, obviously part of the, the thing that we are doing in the, in, in, in the windowsill workshops is, um, I, well, when you sign up for the class, you get the recipe because the idea is that you show up in the class already with your cookies, uh, baked right. so that during the class, it's only about the decorating aspect Love and, that. I'll tell you a little bit more things that you can do with that recipe because over the years, I got that recipe from my friend Natasha with whom I started making Christmas cookies when the kids were tiny. But then, you know, I've modified that recipe in many ways to make a lot of different flavors. So I'll share that tip, uh, those tips there. And then I'll share, you know, how to turn, you know, regular cookie cutters into like wacky things. I mean, one of... My signature move is combining half from one cookie and and the other half when I'm making the cookie. So I'll have, you know, this gingerbread person with the head of a Christmas tree. (laughs) 
Those ones are awesome. They, or, or I'll combine teddy bears with the tail of a dolphin. So I'll have mermaid bears. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, you just get started and then it's endless, the kind of things you can do. And then again, there's many ways to decorate them. So I'll teach and I'll show all the different tricks. And uh, this is something that, you, I mean, you can get professional tools like the piping tips and things like that, or you can just do it with a spoon and a toothpick and mm. a and a Ziploc bag. Like, you know, I put the, the whole list of things that you could potentially buy, but it, it also can be very low tech yeah. with like Ziplocs and spoons and chopsticks. Perfect. So, and of course, you know, people need a lot of uh, colorful sprinkles to do all the different things, but, you know, it's just going to be like a, a way to hang out. You know, it would be lovely to have everybody around my island baking the cookies together mm -hmm. and talking, which is how I started with doing these. But, you know, we'll do it in our computers. It's okay. That's right. That's right. And <laughs> so if this sounds tempting... As you know, you can always buy um, the replay and do that later. But if you want to show up live, bring some friends, get some friends together on November 19th. It's a Saturday and just have it be kind of the start to your holiday baking, thinking, planning, festivities and join us. I can't wait for this because, oh, my gosh, I just I've never seen anything like your cookies and they make me super happy. They're very joy filled. I've never had anybody complain about, oh, you sent me these ugly cookies. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> They're magical. And, you know, and the reality is that, I mean, we started our conversation today before we jump on the open mic. Yeah. Talking about how shopping malls are starting to get packed and, and the rat race of buying gifts. I'm yeah. not into buying gifts mm -hmm. um, a lot because I don't have a big family. And... The cookies are something that I've gifted special people. I ship that I ship them across the country to you know my best friend who is my daughter's godmother and I and to my nephew in Colorado and you know to Miss Margot, my friend and you know just I ship them around and and that's my way to 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 give a little warm piece of holiday love to people I care about. So. You know, it, it it brings me joy when I make them. It brings me joy to hang out with my daughter making them. And it brings me joy when the people send me the photo of their cookies and how much they love them. I love that. Well, I hope you, lovely listener, have taken away that we believe that creativity shows up in a hundred little different ways every day. And there's ways to think about it very seriously. And there's a way to think about it very joyously. And we're thinking of a few more ways to share that with you in person, but no matter what, I just love Anna, your approach to creativity because, and I'm going to say it again. When I looked at your portfolio for the first time, I was like, wait a minute, who is this and where have they been hiding? I, Anna's portfolio, and I'll probably embarrass you, but I'll just say it to you in person. It, it was so full of, just it was not it's not run of the mill it like you said it's it's full of ideas and thought and inspiration and amazing projects 
But I see that all this comes into it for you and it's not prescribed and it's not like predictable at all. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk to this person. She has to be just fascinating and have a really interesting approach. And and that has proven true for sure. And I think being interested in a lot of things, I, I know people can say, oh gosh, you have to focus, but I think not focusing has so much richness in it as well. And you know, some of us are just built that way. I'm not, I'm not a focused creative. I'm a try it all. And, and I just am glad to have found that synchronicity in, in our friendship as well. So thank you for that. I agree with everything you said, except all the embarrassing parts. It's, you know, I've received a lot from teachers and it's my time to start sharing what I've learned with other people and, and I'm excited to do it. And I'm thankful to, for, for your friendship and your openness to, to, to support my ideas and to run with me to France. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Twist my arm. I can't wait. I can't wait. And perhaps we will have some of you along the way and that would be wonderful. So Anna, how can people find you? Um, so the main two places to find me is analovescolor.com. That's my website. And Anna is always written with one N. And uh, in Instagram, it's also analovescolor, also with one N. And so those are the two main places in my website and in the links in my bio in Instagram, you can sign up for my mailing list. I try to output monthly by monthly when there's something really exciting to share or when I have a bunch of artwork to share or when I've been to an inspiring place. So I don't, you know, I hope people sign up to my mailing list because that's where the juicy personal stuff and the stories behind the art always come, come, come in. I love those stories. Well, thank you so, so much for being with me again today. And I look forward to the next time. Thank you for having me. I can't wait. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.